welcome to another episode of Laying the Foundation. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Laying the Foundations. I'm here with Kathy, one of our amazing interior designers from our Des Moines office. Kathy, thanks for being on the show. Yes, thank you, Skylar, for Absolutely. having me. Yeah, of course. Now, Kathy, you have a ton of really awesome experience when it comes to furniture within spaces. Yes. And I want to hear all about it. So tell me a little bit about your background, where you came from, how you got the experience that you have with with furniture. Yeah. So actually before joining the CMBA team, I spent almost five years uh, in a commercial furniture dealer. So oh, okay. really uh, spent time on the furniture side, which was great yeah. knowledge and foundation uh, coming out of school, especially with it being my first job uh, to understand more about space planning and what's included. And it's just, it's a whole nother world out there on the furniture side. So right. it's just really, it was really good background information that I was able to get some experience in before joining the team here. Yeah, absolutely. And it's nice to have like, you know, for, for people that are all working on the team together, they're all going to come in with different backgrounds and different, you know, angles or information that they've gathered over their time. Even like the people that are really new, you know, I'm fresh out of college or whatever the case, you know, they're coming in and they're giving something to the team that's, that's different than other people might use. And for you, you've got furniture in the bag. Yes. You know, the ins and outs of furniture and yeah. that's so key. So Tell me about how important furniture can be to any given space because we design a lot of different spaces. Yeah. I And, you know, it goes across all sectors that we're creating more of these big open concepts that have flexible spaces in them. And there's this, you know, term flexibility and what does it right. mean and how does that enhance the spaces? So the furniture can really make those spaces functional at the end of the day, too. So. I would never want to just leave a client with this big open space for them to be like, okay, figure out how to use this now. Right. Uh, it's just, it's really part of the discussion and the programming of how they want that space to work. And the furniture can really enhance that functional aspect of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Functionality and yeah, definitely having like a, a good balance between like blank space versus something that actually has yes. some furniture filling it and being used and things like that. Yeah. So what sectors, I mean, you, have you just bridged like all of our main sectors, I probably really even have. outside yes. of that too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I've really touched everything here at CMBA and in my past, I really focused on the corporate side and that has spiraled into uh, the education and healthcare sectors as well, because there's lots of office spaces, there's lots right. of flex spaces, collaboration again is another buzzword that's mm -hmm. out there. So, you know, how do we make these spaces be collaborative, flexible, furniture is just a huge part of that. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me, um, within each sector, we can start off with like K-12. What are some of the key things that people are looking for when it comes to the furniture that goes within their spaces? What are some of the like, I don't know, I'm, this is like the second time I use the word angles, I guess. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, I think across all sectors, but especially education, that choice of seating is a big thing. Mm. Um, all students learn differently. I even like to remind the teachers when they're a little hesitant to let the students have choice of seating and have different styles of seating, even within the classroom, not just filling it with all tables and chairs, but right. can there be some soft seating? Can there be some stools or um, bar height seating or 
counter height so they can stand during the day. Yeah. And when teachers are hesitant about that, I remind them that, you know, we don't want to be in the same position all day either. So no. the students are going to learn better if they can have that choice, if they can have that flexibility and really be able to move throughout the space. Or as they go from classroom to classroom, they can change their posture. They can focus better because they're not just in that sedentary position all day. Absolutely. Yeah. There's some health benefits. There's yes. some mental health benefits. Yes. Like it all kind of works together into making that space um, better for the people that are using it. You bet. And getting the students excited to be in their classrooms yeah. too. You know, you want them to be excited to go to school. You don't want them to think about, oh, I got to go sit at my desk all day. Right. And, uh, just so to make it more exciting for them and just help with that flexibility aspect. Again. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure there's also kind of an angle to it of like what the space is going to be used for. So like this classroom might get used for uh, more lecture type stuff versus like a shop. Or some yes. like workshop where they're doing, I don't even know. I don't think we had workshop in our, our school. We didn't technically. So like I'm only like partially yeah. knowledgeable about what the heck yep. that is. But like woodwork or yep. you know, welding or whatever else they're doing. I'm yeah, sure. no, for sure. Each subject, I mean, even the difference between maybe even a reading classroom and a math classroom or science, especially science is such a specialty thing. And can the students be able to stand while they're doing their activity rather than hovering over seated height right. desks or, you know, in language arts, maybe they are doing more reading or writing and creative work. So can there be softer postures in those rooms versus having all tables and chairs, but you know, maybe math, they're doing a lot of group work a lot and yeah. needing to push tables and chairs together. So you know, people want to overlook furniture a lot as such a minor thing, like, oh, we'll figure out the furniture later. And it's like, well, no, because it really does bring those spaces to life. And yeah. it's really important. And it, like you almost want to have furniture in mind when you're designing the space itself, yes. too, because if I'm going to get something with, you know, wheels or if I'm going to get something that needs to be moved in certain ways or put in certain places, I want to know that before I design a space that might not work well with yes. the furniture pieces that are going to go into it. 100%. And making sure that those rooms are big enough for all the furniture right. that's yeah. needed for that function. Uh, there's nothing worse than having a super tiny room that you're trying to cram a whole bunch of stuff into right. and then it just doesn't work either. So it is fun to bring that perspective. I know sometimes, you know, we're all guilty of getting stuck in a spreadsheet and knowing sure. that classrooms or spaces need to be these certain sizes and then, okay, but what shape of that room does it need to be? Does it make more sense yeah. to be a square or a rectangle or, you know, making sure there's no weird jets in it or columns in the middle of those rooms, just depending on function. So and yeah, I'm there's sure just a lot, a lot that, that goes into it. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of that kind of just really goes into the idea of like collaborating with the full team. 100%. You know, yes. Just because you're the architect and right now you're working on, you know, designing the, the sizes and shapes and stuff of the spaces, like work with the interior designers so that you know yes. ahead of time how you can integrate what they're going to put into the space yep. with what you're doing in the moment. So. Yeah. And I think our team does a really good job with that, that yeah. we really throw our floor plans back and forth. We make sure not just one person's looking at it. Uh, it's a really great collaborative effort to make sure that, like you said very early on in this, that all of our perspectives are brought in because we also all have different project experience and right. bringing that to the table as well so that we can create the best possible spaces. Absolutely. So jumping over to higher ed yeah. education, yeah. how do things differ a little bit? Are there some key differences that you see a lot when it comes to the furniture that goes into the spaces or kind of how they like to uh, fill those spaces um, than you see in K-12? Yeah, I think... 
We're seeing a lot more of it in the K-12 world with the flex spaces outside of the classrooms, but that is a big part of the higher ed Mm -hmm. portion of design is those spaces that the students can come together in outside of class and how do we keep them on campus so they want to study and aren't just leaving, you know, and going home for How do you keep students on campus? Yes, that's key. At the Linquist Center, uh, we... They added a cafe to help keep people there. So you can grab lunch in the building. You can grab coffee in the building. And you are just really, how do you attract those students to stay there rather than going to the million other places on campus that they can go? So, yeah. So it is fun that those campus spaces are becoming a little more corporate too. So it's helping with that blending of students as they step in, you know, from high school into college and then into that corporate world. How does that transition look? So that's, kind of thought through too with some of the higher ed design yeah kind of give them the i don't want to say the illusion but in a sense you know kind of the feel i guess would be a better way to put it of what things could look like you know once you're done with college you move into an apartment setting or something like that yep you know kind of living in a a area where there's a cafe downstairs you know those kind of fun which i know a lot of cities are kind of designing those kind of downtown spaces to kind of feel like that, which yes, makes sense. So, yeah, that's for sure. That's a whole other topic. So. Yes. <laughs> we could go a whole other podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ideas. Got to write these down. Yes. Um, so what about like, I don't know how much we do with like dormitories maybe? I haven't touched any of those. Okay. I know some in our other offices have. But. Okay. Gotcha. All right. I was just curious if maybe yeah. like when it comes to the furniture that goes in there, I mean, you're talking, you know, beds and dressers and kind yes. of the key stuff that students are going to be using on the daily. I don't know. Yeah. And just making sure things are high use too. You don't want to put cheap Ikea furniture in those that people are going to destroy the first minute they move in. Exactly. If they want to bring their cheap Ikea stuff, that's fine. But yeah, we're not going to from the college's perspective. (laughs) Yes, correct. Awesome. Okay. And then now big transition over to healthcare because that's its own entire world. What are we looking at as far as the kind of furniture that needs to go into healthcare spaces and how that's being used? Yeah, for sure. I Obviously, cleanability you have to touch on first because that's Mm. just a huge part of healthcare. Definitely. And making sure that those um, the people who are taking care of the facilities can just easily clean things. It's not a burden because filling those positions is tough. So yeah. how do we make it easy for them to just keep everything clean? Um, but then another part of it is comfort. I think, you know, we're yeah. seeing healthcare really go more hospitality feeling, uh, having a comfortable sit, not just having rooms full of really small chairs that people pack together in. I know uh, the pandemic kind of helped with that. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have as big, we don't, no longer have these big waiting rooms just filled with chairs anymore, which right. is nice. So getting that mix of lounge seating. So that way, you know, if you do bring grandma to her appointment, you can stay in the waiting room and be comfortable yes. and read a book or listen to a podcast <laughs> and not, you don't have to feel like you're sitting in this awkward waiting room for a yeah. long time. So I think, yeah, comfort's a big thing we're seeing in the healthcare market right now. And again, furniture can help a lot with that. Oh, hundred percent. Absolutely. If that's what I'm going to be sitting on while, like you said, I'm yes. in the waiting room or, or what if I'm like a patient? Are there kind of some key directions that they're going in with that? Yeah, and we could really nerd out too about patient seating. Uh, There's all sorts of different recliners that you can get now with all the safety features. And that helps your nursing staff as well, which is another big hit. Um, It's just making sure that the nurses can easily, you know, maneuver patients through seating. Um, And just that functionality. There's 
a whole nother side of the healthcare yeah. part of it too, is that, you know, you have the patients, but you also have the providers right. that you're thinking about as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Attention architecture professionals. Are you looking for an employment opportunity that will provide you with a wonderful work culture and a competitive pay rate? Look no further than CMBA Architects. Our firm offers flexible scheduling, a casual dress code, and a great work environment that will help you collaborate and create. Plus, who doesn't love having Fridays off? To learn more about our available positions, visit the careers page at cmbaarchitects.com and apply to join the CMBA team. So we talked about kind of the restriction of space and, you know, kind of the difficulty of, you know, maneuvering through that. What about with budget? How do you, how do we work with people who might be working on a limited budget or obviously budget's going to be part of the entire discussion when it comes to the planning and everything like that? Um, what's, what does that look like from the furniture end? Yeah, that's a really good question, Skylar, because, you know, it seems like we work on a lot of projects and budgets get tight. They just naturally do. Um, it's, and it's a tough construction market right now, but people want to look at that furniture number and go, whoa, like we don't need that for furniture. Right. And they're just surprised at the cost of it. But, you know, helping our clients realize that it is real, it is important to leave that number in there so that we can ensure that we're creating the spaces that they need across all sectors. And then also making sure that we're getting quality products for them yes. and items that are going to be for weight limits for their customers that are coming in and aren't going to break over time or that they do have that dealership they can call when, you know, this chair breaks, we can just make a phone call, get that place replaced, um, get that piece replaced and then just, you know, have that ease of mind with that rather than, oh, we broke another chair. We got to go online and find something else right. and ha having that burden on that. So how can we support them knowing that furniture is such a high use piece as well. Right. Um, and you know, you pay for what you get with That's everything true. else you get. So I hate to, you know, I hate saying that, but, um, yeah, it is, it's a good conversation to have and to try and make people understand that it can really hurt the project if you do hurt that budget side true. of it. Cause bad furniture can ruin a good project. Oh, absolutely. I have learned that over the years also. <laughs> yep. Yep. Quality over quantity yes. or, you know, cheapness or whatever the yep. case. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So when it comes in, you kind of mentioned this and then I know you had kind of sent me some notes as well, as far as like some topics that you wanted to touch on, but when it comes to that process of getting those items, there's, there's different ways that people can do it, but there's kind of like the, you can work with a, a dealer and they've got their expertise and such that they're mm -hmm. bringing into the fold versus we'll just go online or order off a catalog or something yep. like that. What are, what are the key differences that you have seen? And obviously as somebody that's worked within the dealership yeah. side of things, what kind of experience have you gotten from that? Yeah, no, that's a really good question too, Skylar. So when you go through the catalog process, you don't get to see and touch and feel the pieces. You probably aren't going to have that support of a dealer. If we do work with a local dealer on that, if, again, if the pieces break or you have issues with things, it's probably going to be harder to get a hold of that 800 number, or you're going to find yourself just reordering a lot of pieces, which right. then they land and, you know, they end up in the landfill, which we don't want. No. Um, or you're just constantly feeling like you're having to backfill your furniture, but we prefer the dealer relationship just because you can get a lot of support from them yeah. and we can go through, you know, there's a design process for getting your building built. There's actually a design process for getting your furniture selected. Oh, so okay. going through that selection process of what you're, um, what your key points are, what you are looking for and taking you through different layouts of here it is with, 
you know, like if you have a hospital waiting room, here is what it looks like with more soft seating versus just tandem seating that is all connected together so that the client can get a feel for what those spaces are going to look like. And our dealers do a really good job of generating renderings along with our renderings so that you can get a feel for what those spaces are going to look like. Absolutely. You'd be getting somebody with all the experience, all the know-how. Yes. They know their inventory inside and out. Yep. They've worked with clients that are similar to what you need, but Absolutely. they also, it's somebody that you can sit down with in person and be like, okay, here are specific things that I need that make me different than maybe yes. one of the clients you've worked with. And they can be like, okay, cool. I know how to help with that. Yes. Versus, yeah, trying to just pick it yourself yes. and then kind of discover things along the way. Of, right. Uh-oh, this isn't what I was hoping to get or this isn't what I was expecting. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it all comes back to that functionality piece yeah. too. You know, you don't want to make assumptions and then get things in there and go, oh, this is what we were hoping yeah. for. But letting that design team help guide you through what those spaces should look like. And I guess this kind of goes back to budget too. Uh, we uh, toured a project at Ed Spaces a couple of years ago. And it, this was a K-12 facility and they had these really cool open collaboration spaces between the classrooms within each neighborhood. And clearly they forgot to budget for furniture because they uh, went to a sale and bought airport tandem seating oh. for $1. And it was just the well, uh, yeah. really not <laughs> flexible, really uncomfortable. Sure. The students ended up, you could see they were on the floor. So oh, it was just, it was a really good example and a good reminder of why it is so important to make sure that that's integrated in with the design yeah. because I would hate if one of my projects ended up having that because it just really hinders the whole point mm -hmm. of the purpose of the room that you created. Absolutely. Hey, I love uh, an auction where I can get a bunch <laughs> of stuff really cheap as much as the next guy. But yeah, you if you're doing something for a specific purpose, right. you really should think through the functionality yes. of what you're about to do. And yeah, maybe, yeah. It's it, it can definitely be hard not to see that and be like, whoa, that's really cheap. That perfect. sounds perfect. Yeah. yeah, man, we're gonna save so much money. Whoever's in charge of this is gonna give me a nice pat on the back. Yep. Like, good job, you really helped our budget along. But then you're gonna quickly realize, like, that when you have kids correct. sitting on the floor <laughs> instead of the actual chairs, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, maybe not the best decision. So maybe made a mistake. Yeah, but. maybe not best. You mentioned uh, pilot classrooms. Yeah, I don't know what that is. So tell me oh, about yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. So a big part of the K twelve experience with getting classrooms set up is understanding what those classrooms are going to look like and yeah. they're more times than not a big change for the teachers and faculty because right. they're coming out of a more traditional learning and we're trying to get them into the 21st century learning mm -hmm. so a pilot classroom essentially then is we work with the dealer to um, initially in rendering view and in plan view, figure out what is the ideal classroom look like for the school. So, you know, is it a mix of seated height tables and some bar height tables and maybe some lounge seating in the corner? Yeah. We really get that hammered out with um, probably a small group of teachers, definitely the administration group. Mm -hmm. But we obviously don't know that they're going to enjoy it until they can see it. Because right. it's hard to imagine a full classroom from just one chair demo or one table demo. So our dealer partners are great about supplying a classroom for a semester. Oh. Yeah. So then the teachers can have um, a full semester with it. They can take turns with it uh, and really experience what that full classroom setup is going to look like for okay. their new building. Very cool. And then we make sure we get it right so yes. that we're not putting 20 classrooms in of the incorrect furniture 
And then they can't function how they want to either. Yeah. And we have a really great story actually about this from our uh, Knoxville client. Yeah, yeah. Is that we went through the process and vetted out what we thought. You know, we wanted their classrooms to look like. It had these cool tablet armchairs that swiveled. Um, and this is a middle school level, so this okay. is kind of a good detail. Um, but yeah, we thought we nailed it. But we're like, you know what? Let's do the pilot classroom and just make sure that the teachers all agree that right. this is what's going to work. And they ended up not liking those tablet oh, no. armchairs. Okay. And so that was just great because we would have filled the building with those. Right. And then it would have been dysfunctional. But instead, they decided they do want to go back to just the tables and chairs um, to just be successful through that. Yeah. And they ended up being really happy in the end. Awesome. And we were also happy that they got to try that so that we don't end up with a bad right. solution Having in the to, end. Yeah, make a mess of like, we need to return these because yes. it turns out not what we thought. And then, I mean, that's gonna make a mess for the design right. process itself. So yeah. that's awesome though. That's yeah. so cool. I mean, as somebody that can't even like walk into a, a clothing store and like look at a shirt and be like, would I look good in this shirt without having to go like try Correct. it on or something like that, you know? That is such a good analogy, Skylar. Yeah, it yeah. really is. And you know, for that's a pretty specific K-12 example, but in our healthcare projects, we're making sure that we have all of the samples for the different waiting room chairs and the different lounge pieces. Um, task chairs is a big one that we want to make sure we're getting demos on because you don't want to have a task chair that's at desks all day that people sit in that they right. don't like. So um, we do we work really closely with our dealer partners to make sure that we can see those demos and test them to make sure that we have the right selections for the project. Yeah, absolutely. It also kind of reminds me of the um, I talked with some of the healthcare team about the sort of I'm trying to think of what they called it. There's a there's a term for like where they would take cardboard and they would like create an entire oh, layout. Oh yes, the Lean 3P process. Yes, thank you, yes. Lean 3P. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you could have people kind of come in yeah. and kind of get a feel for everything. So it's kind of like that. Absolutely. Where they can bring in the furniture that they want to use and yep. take a look at. That's so cool. That yeah. is so cool. Man, I wish I could do that for like a house situation. Yeah, right. You could just order it, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. When it comes to deciding on this like kind of quality furniture pieces that we've talked about. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of factors that can go into that, but I know you mentioned specifically there's like the upholstery um, and choices within that as far as ensuring that these will last a long time. They're not going to mm -hmm. take, because I mean, especially in, well, actually really any of the sectors that we do, I mean, these are going to be high use Absolutely. furniture pieces. Like yes. how do we make sure that we're picking things that are going to last us a long time versus as we've talked about kind of those lesser quality, the Ikea stuff or whatever the case, not to diss on Ikea necessarily. But it has its place. It has its place, <laughs> exactly. And like stuff that's gonna, you know, could only get like maybe a year or who knows how much like just minimal usage before, like you said, it yeah. gets thrown out or whatever the case. Yep. Yeah, no, the upholsteries are a big part of the furniture piece and how they're gonna last also because there's, literally thousands of options out right. there and just making sure that and each fabric has its own standards as far as cleanability right, what right. content it is and is it a fabric versus a poly versus a silicone so this is all just like crazy designer jargon <laughs> that i'm throwing out there but this is why you work with somebody that's experienced yes, like you this yeah. is why you come find kathy and you say hey i want to put stuff in my space i need help yes <laughs> absolutely and our dealers are great about that too and knowing what pieces are you know gonna have 
which pieces need the right upholsteries on them and what's approved because you also, when you're getting into some of these big lounge pieces, uh, getting the right upholsteries on them to make right. sure they look good when they're done also is a big part of it. So yes. it is a very complicated technical part of the process that you also don't get if you're doing the catalog process because you're getting kind of whatever they tell you is on it mm -hmm. and it may not be specific for if we're doing a healthcare patient wing and we're selecting upholstery for those recliners that are going in the patient rooms, we want to make sure that they can be bleach cleanable, that right. they're easy to wipe down, that they're not going to stain, they're not going to rip. And so there's just a whole selection process behind the scenes that happens with that as well. Absolutely. And it'll probably make it, you know, additionally tricky with the space itself, what kind of like colors and things you want yes. to work with in there. And obviously you want furniture that matches. Absolutely. You can't just jump onto a catalog and be like, well, I want this, but I Looks want this in a different enough. color. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, there's limits to that. But with a dealer, you know, I'm sure there's probably yes. some, some more access to some of the, those little details that are going to be key to making sure that the space is cohesive. With Absolutely. So, yes. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And then, so within your like experience with meeting with dealers or being a dealer or whatever the case, I mean, you've probably gone all over the place um, trying to find like these perfect products. What, what experience do you have with that? Like, what's that been like? That has been a really interesting experience from both the education and healthcare side. Um, we do try to pair our clients with who we think is going to be best for them and their project type. Sure. Um, here in Des Moines, we've got access to a few more dealers than our Sioux City office does, but we're working on getting that blended together. But we also like to have the client select who they think their best partner is. So our process is that we're going to take our clients through a selection process. Uh, we're going to recommend who we think is the best two or three, if they're education or healthcare or corporate to work with. And then we're going to interview with them so that they can pick what team jives with them the best. Right. Um, as CMBA, we love to partner with lots of dealers. So yeah. we want to make sure that our client is comfortable with who they're selecting as well. Because we also know that the furniture process can last long beyond the construction process. Oh, they're going to discover areas they need more. They're going to have warranty issues. So we want to make sure our client's comfortable with who they're calling at the end of the day. Yes. Um, and then we go from there. Then we dive in and go through the process of making the selections of all the pieces. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So I think if we were to sum up this entire episode, I think we really are trying to hit on the fact that it's so key to have somebody that you can work with, one of these dealers yes. or like you in, in the position that you're in that knows the, the furniture, knows, has like copious amounts of experience within the whole area and also works with the designers, yep. works with the architects and make sure that that space is like optimized Yes. as best as humanly possible for your needs, for what, you know, could like, you know, existing technologies and existing pieces that you might not even know about yes. that exist. And yeah. let me share my experience with you. Let me help you get the best space possible. Absolutely. That is perfectly well summed up. <laughs> and the only thing I would tack onto that is yeah. that it is such an important part of the process. Oh, I yes. think it's a part of the design that sometimes we just want to kick under the rug or, you know, the client doesn't want to they're like, oh, we'll figure that out. And it's like, well, no, but it really is such a big part of the cohesive building and how it's going to function at the end absolutely. of the day. A chair is not just a chair. Correct. There's so yes. much more to it. Yes, so. absolutely. Awesome. Well, is there anything that I missed that I didn't ask you about that you want to talk about, Kathy? I think we covered it all. We got it all? Yeah. Awesome. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank absolutely. you so much for sharing your like 
massive wealth of knowledge and yes. just experience and everything like that. I think that's like super beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And of course, thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Laying the Foundation. My name is Skylar. Again, we had the amazing Kathy on the show. And uh, if you want to find out more about CMBA and what we do, you can check out our website at cmbaarchitects.com. You can see all the different designs that we've done, um, a lot of the different projects we've worked on and projects that Kathy is, has filled with her amazing furniture. Um, and of course, you can find out and see more of the pictures on our social medias, whether you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, any of those places, you can find us there. And of course, don't forget to follow and like the podcast itself. You can find Laying the Foundations on all the major podcast streaming platforms, whether that be Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and all the others. Again, thank you for listening to another episode of Laying the Foundation.